This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by Curious Plot, a full-service marketing, communications, and consulting agency driven to find what's next for food and agriculture clients. Learn more online at curiousplot.agency. Good Monday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The effort to sequester carbon from America's ethanol production got a boost today. The country's largest ethanol producer, Poet, says it plans to add its plants to the Summit Carbon Solutions Pipeline route. The change brings the number of plants involved in the pipeline to 51. Poet was previously aligned with Navigator CO2, which sought to build a pipeline in the western Corn Belt, but ultimately succumbed to regulatory pressure in Iowa and North Dakota. Summit has faced similar challenges with the rejection of petitions in North and South Dakota, but the company plans to submit new proposals for regulatory review. Noah Wicks has a deeper look at the new partnership in his story on agripulse.com. Also online today, this week's legislative business will be key in determining the long-term fate of a bipartisan bicameral tax package. The House could hold a floor vote this week on a deal between Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith and Senate Finance Chair Ron Wyden. That deal would extend several provisions of the 2017 tax package passed during the Trump administration. The deal cleared Ways and Means in a 40-3 to vote earlier this month, but chamber leadership has yet to commit to floor action, aside from listing it as a possible measure for consideration on this week's floor schedule. Speaking on the most recent episode of AgriPulse Newsmakers, Kansas Republican Jerry Moran says the deal also has its challenges in the Senate. My impression, and, and, and so I t- I'm telling you that I've been trying to figure this out, is there this a real deal? I'm not so sure there's any significant enthusiasm in the Senate. And part of this issue is that uh, Mike Crapo from Idaho, the senator from Idaho, who's the ranking Republican on the Finance Committee, this wasn't a deal that he was involved in. So I think it takes a lot of catch up for uh, members of the Senate to get comfortable knowing that it was negotiated by a House member and one senator who's the chairman of the Finance Committee, but really nobody else was uh, included. AgriPulse's Phil Brasher has more on the upcoming schedule in his Washington Week Ahead on AgriPulse.com. Former House Ag Committee Chair Frank Lucas says the recent COVID-19 pandemic could have a role to play in the upcoming Farm Bill. Speaking on this week's open mic, Lucas spoke at length about the reauthorization and the hurdles it will face if a new farm bill is to be passed yet this year. Among them is the funding debate and securing sufficient resources to address the bill's production and nutrition needs. Lucas says he hopes the lessons of the pandemic will be top of mind for lawmakers. During the COVID uh, issues, there was some flexibility given that had never been there before. So it's pushed up dramatically the spending. But as I always tell my colleagues in Congress, it doesn't matter how much money you put on those electronic benefit cards. If there's nothing on the shelf to buy, it doesn't matter. And that's where COVID was so important. Remember the effect it had on processing and packing plants, the fact that you would go to little stores and big stores, and for a time, there'd be nothing on the shelf. He says those empty shelves could be instructive in future funding debates. That was the first time most Americans ever went to a grocery store. It might have been hard to have the money in their pocket to buy, but there's always something on the shelf. But we saw for months at a time when you couldn't buy what you wanted. You bought what you could get. I'm hoping that's a lesson my friends have learned. You have to invest in the production of food and fiber. You can't just invest in the consumption because if there's nothing to buy... What good does that card do in their pocket? He says the Farm Bill is also being impacted by the time frame utilized in its reauthorization schedule. 
On the Ag Committee, we've always worked in five-year cycles on farm policy. I can tell you, in my present role as Science Committee Chairman, we're talking about things 25, 50, or 100 years down the road. That's kind of out of sync with this smartphone society we live in now, but you still have to look at things that way. Lucas has more on the next Farm Bill, the government funding debate, and looming changes to the regulatory environment in this week's Open Mic on AgriPulse.com. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse update is brought to you by Curious Plots, a full-service marketing, communications, and consulting agency driven to find what's next for food and agriculture clients. Learn more at CuriousPlot.agency. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.